Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. It's a good win by the guys, but it's not good enough. It's not good enough. And our guys know that. Uh, there's more out there, and we want more. And, and they'll be ready to go this week, man. Chicago, we know what they are, and they're coming off a bye. This will be a big week, big week for us. Head coach of the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell, right there. <clears throat> and I, I, I don't know about you, Ant, but I, the way I see it, you know, everybody's like, oh, Bears almost had them, so this time around. It's going to be a cakewalk. So like, Chalk well, it up. We, we got it this time. Wow. And I'm like, um, I'm pretty sure Detroit's like, well, we're not going to throw three interceptions again. And we're not going to take you as lightly as we once did. And, and we're going to try to prove that we have some some space between you and the Chicago Bears. Which, which, which of the two uh, outcomes do you feel like is more likely? Well, I know that Detroit hasn't looked like the same Lions squad that they looked like early in the season. when It, it felt like, man, Detroit's just running rough shot around the National Football League, and they're living up to all the preseason hype. And yeah, it's taking a, a bit of a dip here as of late, but that's just kind of life in the NFL anyway, whereas the Bears, they're just kind of week in and week out. They got a lot of folks who feel like they're playing and coaching for their Chicago futures. So I think coming off of by Dan Campbell, it's probably setting the right tone that they know they're going to get the Bears' best shot. It's a more confident Chicago outfit right now, but – there's no reason the Detroit Lions with an opportunity to try to, you know, really seize full control of the division, make sure they're not going to lose ground in what's now turned into a deep NFC North. Yeah, I think the Lions are still going to show up ready to go because they know what happened last time where the Bears almost had them. Yeah, the defense got to be ready, Ant. Uh, last four games, they've given up 28, 29, 26, and 38. So uh, we'll see if the Bears can continue on that path. But joining us right now on the guest hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois, uh, former uh, safety for the uh, uh, Detroit Lions, all-pro safety and pro bowler, uh, and he's the host of the Believe in Lions on the Believe Network. You got a lot of great stuff over there on the Believe Network, including this one as well. Uh, but but shout-out to Cl- uh, Glover Quinn joining the show right now. Uh, is it, in your mind, Glover, the, the defense of the Detroit Lions that's been kind of shaky as of late, or do you think the team itself is kind of, you know, just kind of getting tested a little bit more than usual? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that the team um, has definitely been getting tested a little bit more. I think they're going through the rigors of midseason. Um, but, you know, those those few weeks doesn't help when um, your quarterback is turning the ball over or you're turning the ball over offensively at that high of a clip. 
um, giving the other team more possessions, putting putting your defense in bad situations. Um, yes, it's your defense's job is to go out to stop them or at least try to hold them to a field goal. Um, but that's that's tough as well to ask for that all the time. So um, I think it's just been a mixture of everything. Just defense not been playing great. Um, you know, haven't really heard a lot from Aiden Hutchinson the last few weeks. You know, some pressures here and there, but not real game-changing plays. Um, Secondary-wise, you know, they had a pick on the first play of the game against the Saints, but they really haven't been stopping anybody. Um, so I think it's just been a little bit of everything, and part of that could be just that midseason kind of low, and uh, hopefully that's what it is. And, and they are um, – ready to get back on track coming off this win against the Saints and, you know, like you say, not taking the the, the Bears so lightly uh, the next game, knowing it's going to be a tough battle, especially in Chicago, and uh, they can kind of right the ship. So the way I've been terming things here around town on various platforms is that the, the Lions are kind of the team the Bears hope to be when they grow up, where you, you've got a, you know, a head coach who's not one of these – offensive guru types, you know, QB whisperer guys. You got a, somebody who's maybe just more of a pseudo gruff, somewhat old school kind of approach to things. And then you have a team that has, you know, a lot of playmakers everywhere, but that's built on the line of scrimmage with a ground attack, try to take some pressure off the quarterback where he doesn't have to make plays all over the place. But Dan Campbell at the center of all of it, when I think back to, you know, a couple of years into his tenure there in Detroit and last season where through the first half of the year, Detroit was still struggling, and then they turned a corner. And I'm trying to think with the perception of the Bears coach, Matt Eberflus in town here, where the team is showing some signs and they're playing better and more competitively, the wins aren't there yet. But with a strong finishing kick, I'm trying to relate where Dan Campbell was around midseason last year to where Matt Eberflus was right now. How would you say the perception of Dan Campbell in Detroit has kind of, you know, ebbed and flowed in the few seasons he's been there. Oh, I think the perception is is great. I think I think the fans love Dan Campbell. I think um the players love Dan Campbell. I think he's been great for the organization. Yes, you know, didn't start out great, went through some rough patches. Um, but I think he's, you know, built, you know, looking at how they finished out the season last year and how they played so far this year. You know, being a few games ahead in the division, you know, really shaping up to to win the division uh, for the first time in a long time. Um, so I think I think everything Dan Campbell uh, represents, everything that he's done. I think the the the, the city, the organization, the fans, the players. I think they all uh, appreciate it, like it, and I think you know. Their perspective for him is, is 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 good. I think I think he's uh, put himself in a real good position in, in Detroit. Now, around midseason last year, what was the perception still fairly strong at that point, even though there hadn't been the win loss results yet? Right. I think they I think they liked his personality. They liked you know what he was trying to do, but you know we all know this is a results league. Um, and so coming out the first year, didn't have results. And midway through the season last year, there were no results. Um, yeah, you can see them playing hard. You can see them, you know, playing tough, losing some close games here and there, but they weren't getting the wins. 
and then, you know, they finish off the season the way they finished off. High momentum beating Green Bay's last game of the season. Uh, and a kind of a winner-take-all, a win-and-get-in game for for Green Bay. Um, so to go there and, and get that big win, then to start this season with a big win in Kansas City on national TV, um, I think the perception has definitely changed uh, over the last year and a half as opposed to the first year and a half, put it like that. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, when everybody's looking at this Detroit team, I think, you know, people are surprised, but I feel like it's something that's been brewing for a little bit, right? It's something that where, you know, they've been close enough, whether it was with Matthew Stafford, even, you know, moving on from him and trying to get it right, whether it's with the running back or, you know, piling on wide receivers. They just seem close enough to where they, they were finally going to put it together. What do, what do you feel like was that one thing you can point to? Is it Dan Campbell or is it a particular player? that you look at and you're like, man, once this happened, everything was good for the Detroit Lions? Um, I think I don't think it was just a one thing. I think a lot of it was just them growing as a team, learning more of the system, and and having that confidence that they could go out and win games. I think, like I said, when Dan first got there, you know, they were, they were playing tough. They just were losing football games. Um so learning how to win, being a younger team, learning how to win, um, adjusting to the new system, uh, new defensive system, just things like that. I think it just takes a little time, and you get enough of the guys in that believe how you believe and want to do things how you want to do things, that can play the way you want them to play and execute the way you want them to execute, and then it, it kind of starts to click. Uh, like if I think at the beginning of last year, coming off a of hard knock, the momentum was there, but the execution wasn't there. They still wasn't winning games. And then I think the pressure might have been a little too high coming off of that with those expectations. And they didn't start out well. They finished well, and they took the next step going into this season. And so I think just growing, learning, maturing as a team, it kind of all started to come together. Where would you say the perception of Jared Goff sits at the moment? We know his career has kind of gone through the ring a little bit, some early success with the Rams, and they trade him away. And now you sit here where it looks like at least kind of spinning things forward, maybe the Detroit has the better end of the Matthew Stafford trade. Yeah, Stafford's got his Super Bowl ring, but he might be on his last legs within the season here. How do you feel like Jared Goff is doing? Well, I think Jared Goff is doing well in Detroit. I think they love him. I think the the, the organization. I think he fits uh, the organization well. He fits the team, the coaches, and uh, I think it's a it's a good thing uh, for Jared. You know, as far as the trade, I mean, I feel like the Rams got what they wanted. They wanted a quarterback to help them get a Super Bowl, and they got that. I don't think they were looking for Stafford to, you know, be there for ten years and. I mean, they wanted somebody to, to get them that, and, and Stafford helped get them that. So, I mean, I feel like until Jerry can deliver a Super Bowl or some things of that nature, I think the Rams will probably feel like they got the better end of the deal just because they got a Super Bowl. Um, but I think in Detroit, it's all love for Jared Goff. Like I said, he struggled the last few weeks, hasn't been – that's great turning the ball over a lot, but you know it's happens. It's football, we're all human, so hopefully that's just a couple game stretch where he can kind of get that out of his system 
and then going forward, he can be good like he's been. He is 10-year NFL vet Glover Quinn talking to us here on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Herring. Glover, when you're talking about a guy like Justin Fields, obviously a lot of people in Chicago are are really split, seems like down the middle even, where some people are just out and say, hey, man, you know, he's not passing the eye test. You know, he he's good. You know, he's, you know, top 15, 16 quarterbacks, but – you know, we want we want something better than that. And there's other people that are like, hey, man, you got to let them cook. You got to let them, you know, get a, a little bit more. Or maybe they'll make, let's say, you know, an offensive line, a little better coaching. What is it for you when you look at a guy like Justin Fields? Well, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of times you get these quarterbacks, man, that come in as high draft picks, number one overall draft picks, whatever it may be. And, you know, they're not going to the, the best stable situation. Um and they're not going to the team with the best rosters. And so when you look at Justin Fields, I think he's a, a great talent. But when you look at some of the pieces that are around him, it's like, you know, what 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 are they expecting? I mean, I don't. I mean, the 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 receiver group. You know, is, is this a, a receiver group that they feel like can can help lift Justin Fields? Right, you got to have somebody to throw the ball to. What about the O line? What about the tight ends, the running backs? Like, what is his support system like? You know, the coaching staff. Like, I mean, changes, firing coaches, new coaches. Like, it's just a lot going on, and it's it's tough when these guys come in because the expectations be so high for them, and they are great players, but a lot of times. They don't really get to look like great players because there's not a lot of great players around them, hence why they got such a high draft pick. Um, you know, and you look at some of these quarterbacks that come in and, you know, they go third round, but they go to a good team, and they only got to just be a good manager here or there and make a play every now and then, and they turn into what we see as great quarterbacks. And some of these great quarterbacks, turn into guys where you're just like, man, he sure didn't play well in the league. Well, <laughs> you got to look at more than than that. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think Justin Fields is a good quarterback. I think he can play the game. He, he can throw the ball. He can run. He's a multi-faceted quarterback. I think he has a lot of talent. I just don't know how how stable the system, the, the, the talent around him has been, and if he's really had a chance to um, – you know, really succeed. David Montgomery was quite a fan favorite during his Bears career while he was here. And, of course, the Lions were able to snatch him up in free agency over the offseason. How do you think he's performed to help lead that run game? I think he's been magnificent. You know, when he's healthy, he's been able to run the ball. He, he, he does. He runs it how they want to do it. They want to bay the ground and pound the ball. they got a great old offensive line. Um and, you know, his style, downhill, tough runner, strong runner, that fits exactly what they want to do. And they mix him up with a little Jameer Gibbs, go with a little lightning and thunder. But I think having a power back, you know, last year they had Jamal Williams, who moved on this year, and now he's with the Saints. And they replaced him with David Montgomery. I think he's been an excellent addition to their team. I think he just provides some stability, some, some leadership. I think all those things that I look at the film is just kind of like a stable piece that they that they like to have, and, and he's definitely played that role this year. 
Yeah, and he's had to, right? I mean, we were talking about running backs a second ago, and it's like, you know, you have that stability back there. You got a guy like David Montgomery who, you know, wants to rock, can run through people, you know, really sets the tone, allows Jameer Gibbs to do his thing. And then, you know, you have Jared Goff just kind of, you know, being a complimentary quarterback in that situation. It, it does wonders for them. But what do you think is their ceiling? I mean, is it is it the is it the Super Bowl this year, or or is it is it is it something a little bit less in your mind? You know, I think I think this year, um, you know, once you get into the playoffs, anything is possible. Um, but I would I would say just looking at the team, I don't know if this right here is a Super Bowl year. I don't know if the defense is strong enough. Uh, from a D-line standpoint and a secondary standpoint to to go and win tough games against Philly or, you know, San Francisco or, you know what I'm saying, somebody they're going to have a good matchup coming up here in a couple of weeks against Dallas. Like, I think offensively they can, they can score uh, with almost anybody. But in the playoffs, those defenses are going to be better. So they're going to slow your offense down some. And can your defense slow them down some? Now, you know, when the Lions have played well defensively, they've, they've played really well. It's just the consistency uh, of playing well that that scares me. So I don't know if this is the, is the, the Super Bowl run. But I definitely think they can go NFC Championship for sure if they're playing well in the playoffs. Uh, that offensive line in Detroit is where a lot of the, the draft capital and, and monetary capital has been expended. Been a little bit banged up lately. How, how And the Bears' D-line has been gun sort of emerging for Chicago in recent weeks here. How do you feel like the Lions' O-line is situated headed into this game? Well, they, they you know, last week was the first week that they all were back playing together. Jonah Jackson was back and so they're really excited to have the whole O-line back and they went down the first drive of the game and just really just ran it right down the Saints' throat and came right back and scored another touchdown. They jumped out on them real quick. Then, you know, Frank Ragnar went down with a with an injury and so things kind of slowed down a little bit for offensively and I'm not going to say it was just because of the uh, O-line but things kind of slowed down so uh, Graham Glasgow is a, is a big, um, you know, big guy that's been with the Lions for a long time. He was there when I was there, versatile and so I'm sure he'll get thrown in there or, you know, they'll mix it up. I think having four of the five pieces, they'll still be a really, really strong O-line. Um, I think they'll have, they'll have to hold up against the Chicago D-line because they're going to be fired up. It's always tougher to play in Chicago. It's going to be a little chilly out there, I'm sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, the, the Bears are always ready to play at home. Every time we play out there, they're always ready to go. So um, they're going to try to get physical. They're going to try to get nasty and dirty, and the Lions are going to have to match that intensity. Glover, let me ask you this. Um, I know you like taking photos. I'm a I, I'm the in-game host for the Chicago Fire, so I'm real familiar okay. with your Houston Dynamo. I know I know what you're doing out there, uh, but okay. talk to me. Yeah, I, I do like soccer a little bit. Uh, talk to me about <laughs> if you were on the sideline in the NFL. Cause I'm trying to get a grasp of like who your favorite players are, right? And maybe not, it's not even just the NFL, but who, who's who's an athlete right now that maybe you marvel at and you'd want to take pictures of, like an in-action shot. Who would that be for you? 
<laughs> oh man, an inaction shot. Um, I think it'd be fun to take pictures of of Miami with with Tariq Hill. Um, I think it'd be fun to take pictures of you know Houston. I think C.J. Stroud is going to be really good. Um, I think, you know, being able to take pictures of of Sauce Gardner Hmm. um, in New York, I think that would be fun. There's a lot of things, man. A lot of people. I mean, I probably could have fun on any on any sideline. Of course, because um, you because you like and it. That's, <laughs> and you... that's the thing. And that's the thing about shooting NFL as opposed to soccer, because you know I understand soccer, but I don't know a lot of the players in soccer. Mm. So, you know, I could go to any random football game, and I mean, you can put me there with any any team in the NFL and I'm gonna know players. You know what I'm saying? Like right, it doesn't right. matter like last night who was playing Jacksonville and Cincinnati, right? Right. Well, man, I know boom, you got Trevor Lawrence, you got Kevin Ridley. <laughs> I, I You're on Jamar Parker Chase, Wash- right. Right. Jamar Chase, I know Parker Washington personally, um, you know, had his first pretty good game last night and you know, Josh Allen and, and you know what I'm saying? You just know guys that you can shoot, right? Um, obviously, you're shooting the action, but you just know some of those guys. Whereas, like, I go to a soccer game, and, like, I know some of the players that I've gotten to know through taking pictures for our team. But when they play another team, I got no idea who those guys are. <laughs> you know what's funny, Glo- yeah. So, So I'm, ho- I'm, I'm the host, and I'm like you, right? Like, I like soccer, but I don't know the players, right? So I'm sitting there, and it's like the Messi game happens. I know who Messi is, you know? But all these people are like, yo, that's this dude right there. And you're like, who? What? Am I supposed to, <laughs> am I supposed to say right. something? Like, right. I don't know, but I, cool. All right, I'll say what's up to him in there. So I get right. it, man. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're doing that, man. It's always good to to have another passion and, and to be doing it like the way you are, man. So, hey, man, I appreciate you h- hanging out with us. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, man? All right, man. No problem, man. I appreciate you guys for having me. Got you. Thanks, got you. Glover, Glover Quinn, uh, former All-Pro, hanging out with us here on 670 Score. And make sure you check him out on the Believe Network, talking Detroit Lions. His co-host is a hoot. I'll say that. He got some really cool sunglasses that he wears every episode. <laughs> He's a hoot. Is that's, I'll leave it. I'll just leave uh, it like that, all right? right? I'll just leave it like that. Um, here's what I would love to do. Uh, Tyler, let's open up the phone lines a little bit. We got Tyler Buterball, uh producing the show today. He's going to open up the phone lines. Anthony and I, we're going to, you know, stay on this, this Bears path that we're on right now. And if you have any questions, maybe you, you heard something during the interview with Glover Quinn or you just have some thoughts about Justin Fields, because there are plenty of them as of late. Uh, but we're going to talk about this game on Sunday against Detroit Lions, what it should look like, but we'd love to take your calls as well. 312-644-6767. That's the phone number. Get your calls in. We'll take them next. It's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron on the score. Go Bears! Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Mullin Hall, Chicago's number one most listened to sports morning show. 5.30 till 10 a.m. Dave Wanstead. Get rid of Justin Fields. Who are you going to replace him with? Are you, do you feel that good? About, I mean, look at the numbers of Drake May. The last four weeks, the guy's throwing five touchdowns and four interceptions. Why? I don't know. Maybe he is the greatest player going. I don't know. Is Williams the face of your program? Yeah. That, that okay. Yeah. Then that's, that's great, David. Then, I, then I, take him. I, I think if you like him, draft him. Mully and Haw, mornings 530 till 10 a.m. On Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Stop stressing about how you can afford everything on your holiday list. With a savings and installment loan from GoCredit.me, you get the money you need now and you build savings. Get a loan up to $4,000. Apply online today at GoCredit.me and make the holidays merrier. That's GoCredit.me. Restrictions may apply. When cash is a necessity, GoCredit.me. Winter driving requires a bit more vehicle preparation and a lot more caution when driving. So be sure to stop into your neighborhood bumper-to-bumper auto parts store for all your vehicle's wintertime essentials. Inside, you'll find wiper blades, brake fluid, motor oil, fuses, scrapers, filters, and more. Or you can also find whatever you need online at mybumpertobumperstore.com. We offer same-day in-store pickup or convenient ship-to-home service. Happy holidays from all of us at Bumper to Bumper. Service is the difference. We get it. Looking for a job that'll feel more like a career you'll fall in love with? Join Odyssey. From the programming and on-air side if you're a music, sports, or news lover, to the business and sales side that makes everything tick, we need you on our team. Odyssey even offers an annual fellowship program where you can learn to hone your skills from true masters of their craft. Odyssey is more than a job. It's a career you'll fall in love with. Visit odyssey.com slash careers, and maybe we'll see you around the office. That's odyssey.com slash careers. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how to give a gift to yourself. And the holidays are also a great time to do that. You can go easier on yourself during tough moments. You can treat yourself to a day of rest, give yourself some love. Another thing you can do is start therapy. And if you've been thinking of starting therapy, BetterHelp is a great way to do it because it's entirely online. That makes it convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. I've gotten a lot out of my regular online therapy, and this is a great way for you to have the same experience. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch any time for no additional charge because that match is really important. And then in the season of giving, you can give yourself what you need with better help. I've gotten a lot out of my regular online therapy and this is a great way for you to have the same experience. Visit betterhelp.com slash Dan B today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Dan B. Do you have heart failure and often hear those stomach issues ruined your birthday? You're too tired to play catch, Grandpa? Sweetie, you haven't touched your tools since the carpal tunnel syndrome diagnosis. If these seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar, talk to your cardiologist. Ask about transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy 
or ATTRCM, a rare and underdiagnosed disease that gets worse over time. Learn more at connecttoyourheart.com. That's connecttoyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Did you know that feeling sluggish or weighed down could be a sign that your digestive system isn't working at its best? Taking Metamucil every day can help. Metamucil fiber powders help promote your daily digestive health using a plant-based fiber called psyllium. The gelling action of this special fiber traps and removes waste so you can feel lighter and more energetic. Metamucil, promoting digestive health for a better you. Learn more at metamucil.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sometimes I struggle to get to sleep. My body stopped for the day, but my mind is still running. So I take ZQuil. ZQuil, the world's number one sleep aid brand, has a range of non-habit-forming products to fit you and your family's needs. Invest in a great night's sleep for the best you tomorrow. I'm awake and ready to take on anything. Better days start with ZQuil nights. Explore our products at ZQuil.com. Use is directed. Keep out of reach of children. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Taking your phone calls to 312-644-6767. Thoughts on the, I almost said the Bulls. I'm watching a playing (laughs) tournament right now. So I'm like watching this thing play out right in front of me. Uh, But taking your phone calls again. And we're going to talk about this this uh, this Bears game. Bears taking on the Lions on Sunday. Um, it feels like a, it's so interesting, and because you know we both you know obviously have to cover this team week in and week out, right? And it's almost like unleashed Bears unleashed Fox thirty two holla at us, Cassie Carlson, where you at, baby? <laughs> um, it's it's interesting because the storyline is is always so what, what seems like defined. Week in and week out, mm. right? Where, you know, it's like, okay, it's very it's like to me, it's clear cut. It's like, all right, I'm, t- I'm taking the temperature, and it's uh, seventy pro Justin, thirty uh, anti Justin, and then every week that number changes, but it's the def- doesn't it's it? definitively, yeah, I think so. You don't think so? No, yeah, yeah, no, no I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying uh, doesn't it? Yeah, because oh, it I does said, feel does like it, it changes yeah. constantly, and it's it's such a week by week conversation and especially now that we're getting to this point where you know we're down into like the final third final quarter of the season kind of in that range handful of games to go where everyone knows both locally and nationally that the Bears have big decisions to make about their quarterback whether or not they're going to pick up the fifth year option about their head coach whether or not the team can put together a strong enough finish for Matt Eberflus to to return. Whether or not Luke Getze makes sense as the offensive coordinator, and you compare how they started the season with those game plans to what it seems like they finally started to do a little more consistently here as of late, and all of it just feels incomplete. And you know, you and I have talked about this a couple of different times where I think so many of us want things to feel obvious. You know, like to to many people's surprise, things feel obvious. 
in Houston right now. Yeah. You know, where you know, you, you have this guy who's performing at these, you know, just sort of supernatural levels as a rookie quarterback that we're not accustomed to seeing what CJ Stroud has been able to do with the Texans, but you don't normally see CJ Stroud. You don't normally see Joe Burrow, the guys who like step right in and everything around them just seems to enhance and click and they just seem comfortable and ready for it. Those guys are rare. And so a lot of it is watching, waiting to see what development looks like a few years in. And, you know, the story's been been written a few different times. You go through a couple of different staffs and variety of offenses and whether or not it's the quarterback isn't getting it done, is it what's around him isn't getting it done. But in the end, decisions will have to be made regardless of how the blame pie ends up getting split up. And I think our culture that, is awesome. <laughs> our culture is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, man. It's tough to watch. It's tough to do all this. But, again, it's going to be interesting to see what happens on, uh, on Sunday. Let's go to the phones, Ant. Uh, let's go to Mike. Mike, what do you think uh, the Bears need to do with Justin Fields? I think they need to keep him, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I'm a longtime suffering Bears fan. I'm 60 years old. I watched the 85 Bears. Did everything – I uh, love the city, but the, the, the ownership's got to go, guys. But until the ownership goes, if they could patch things up. But here's what I'm going to say. Jim McMahon said a few years ago, this is where Chicago comes for quarterbacks to die. Okay? And there's no truer statement than that. But Dan Bernstein says on his show that they keep uh, – it's like shingling. They they get rid of the coordinator. They keep the coach. They keep the GM. The new guy comes in. He's got a new head coach but a, a, the same GM. And they just need to clean the house. Okay? So if – if Ryan Poles is going to be the GM, he needs to hire Jim Harbaugh or some credible offensive-minded guru that can take a guy that he's going to trust as a coordinator that's going to t- take another quarterback's coach that's going to continue to develop and not undevelop Justin Fields because I think the guy's a gifted athlete. I think he's just in the wrong system. And they were talking about this today that if Patrick Mahomes came to the Bears or Kurt Warner came to the Bears, which almost could have happened twice, they would have been ruined. They wouldn't have been the same people. I truly believe the system is ruining the quarterbacks. I think Jay Culler would have been better. He had a multiple multitude of head coaches and coordinators and changes in different systems. You can't do that. Yeah, and I, have... and I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But you got to, you know, it's, it's tough, right? Because like we, we can make arguments for everything, and and every in every direction for every single situation for Chicago Bears mm. and the the lackluster nature of the quarterback position and it's like no one's gotten it right, no one, no one's gotten it right. That's it. Yeah. Don't don't try to say like oh we got to do this because this no 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 we've never got we haven't gotten it right. It's not happening. But but we can look at you know if we're gonna say that that, that analytics matter right if we're gonna try to look at things and you you know you just I don't even want to go down that path. But uh, <laughs> but I I. I, I it's tough. It's tough for me to. It's tough, man, because I hear the I hear all the athletes saying it. You know what I mean? Like a like a Cam Newton, a Brandon Marshall, a Glover mm-hmm. Quinn. You know, because I I heard, I heard what Glover Quinn said. Is just it's not Justin Fields. That's what I heard yeah. him say. So yeah, and like you try I try to listen to what they're saying, but I'm wondering if it's coming from the right place. Does, mm-hmm. that, does that make sense? And like I yeah. get it. There's a guy. That's talented, and he's good, and the coaches do suck, right? Uh, for 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 what they're saying, I'm trying to give a uh, summation of it, right? Right. But but it's like, but are we saying that Justin Fields is 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 has zero blame? Like you were saying earlier, like there's a lot of slices of the pie. Like uh, I feel as though sometimes athletes and 
and, and, and those that are on Justin's side, they speak as if there's nothing to blame for Justin. Yeah, and I think that for Justin, my my hope, just like it was when, when Mitchell Trubisky was here as the Bears quarterback, and even back in 2018 when, when I was telling folks, like, Matt, Matt Nagy is really not running this offense the way that he should be running it. He might – if anything, he's maybe a better head coach than offensive coordinator and play caller because the system didn't seem to suit the talent. And that was my big concern with the, the initial stretch of time with Luke Getze calling plays for Justin Fields. I do think we're starting to more consistently see a version of offense that I believe suits his quarterback and the current offensive personnel. And now within that framework, then I think that this will be, you know, and, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you about it every single week. And I, I felt like even, you know, the second half of last week's game, the passing attack got too pocket-based. And I think there's been some elements of that both time they've played the Vikings. But since the Denver game, which was about a month into the season, every game Justin Fields has been healthy since then, aside from the two Minnesota Vikings games, I think he's been excellent. Against the Vikings, he and Luke Getze, they, they haven't been able to solve that, that Vikings puzzle. But aside from that, the games Justin Fields has, has started, he's been really good. Whether it's Denver and Washington and Detroit, and you know he'll get another crack at the Lions this week. So I think it'll be, the to me, the most accurate way to evaluate what Justin Fields has the potential to be in the NFL. Because there's a lot of different ways to kind of, you know, to sort of become and, and be an, an effective quarterback in the NFL. And if for some reason where Luke Getzey kind of keeps him on the move, gets the launch points going, runs some motion pre-snap and has some misdirection in the backfield, all those things that I think where the Bears offense has been at its most effective. And if Justin Fields isn't thriving there, then to me, that's that's the most the most accurate way to evaluate where he's at in his development and whether or not he has a chance for high level success there in the end. Even that may not make sense because of the Bears having the number one overall pick. And so they may make a decision that, you know, Justin Fields just won't be what makes sense for the franchise, for the space they're at at the moment. But I, I would say at this point, I'm still I still still certainly feel like Justin Fields, even if if he's not with the Bears next season, will still have plenty of opportunities to go and be a successful quarterback somewhere. But a lot of it is about sort of the periphery elements, because there's just been few guys in this league that have been able to thrive at quarterback regardless of all the surrounding factors. And so I don't think it's an indictment on Justin Fields to say that he's not one of these guys who's just who has shown he can just be excellent regardless of everything around him. There's a lot that goes into quarterbacks playing well. And you know, my hope, like I've said to you, is that Matt Eberflus is developing and Luke Getze is developing and Justin Fields are developing. And maybe this last five games, they all look like the best version of themselves. And that's what I imagine Ryan Poles is hoping for. Yeah, he's Anthony here, and I'm Gabe Ramirez. Uh, this is 670 score. Chatting about Justin Fields. Yeah, I, I, I am I am still the same way I follow Mitch Trubisky and I'm excited to watch him play and throw it to Deontay Johnson on Sunday. Hmm. I will be equally as excited about Justin Fields wherever he goes if it's not Chicago, right? I'm gonna wanna see him perform well. And I hope it's not a chip on the shoulder type of situation. It's just like a growth from a man, you know, situation where like, okay, like, damn, I gotta get over here. You know, this might be better situation or better coaches or whatever he thinks and that. That has to get him going, and then he does perform well because you ultimately do want to see that. Let's go back up to the phones, Ant. Let's take one more. Let's go to Don. Don, uh, you're you're you know part of the same crew that wants to keep Justin and Coach Eberflus as well, huh? Yes. Hi, Gabe. How are you? The same guy, Don. Oh, what up? Of this yeah. I always look for you on Friday. 
Who's in your list? With with Anthony Heron, who's on the phone right now too. What's up, Don? Hey, how's it going? I like you on Fox TV. Thank you. You are on Fox TV on Sunday too. NSF Fox, yeah. So you want to keep so Eberflus? Why do you want to keep Eberflus, Don? I think I I'd rather keep uh, Eberflus, you know, because he's he looks like the defense is good now. Okay, so the I wish I can talk to him. He can just go to Ryan Post and tell Ryan Post, you know what? The defense is good now. Will you allow me to fire the offensive coordinator? I will bring a new offensive coordinator. Then that would be good. Just give me a life chance. Let me fire the offensive coordinator. Then everything. Oh, I think we lost. That might be a conversation worth having. Might we'll be. See. I mean, see it, what happens. But, or maybe somebody snuck in and snipped Don's phone line because he, <laughs> he was he was starting to give up the goods. Giving the know, good he, information out there. Yeah, right. Uh, and I don't know how – how Chicago is going to feel. I don't know how we're going to feel if we get Eberflus and Justin Fields back next year. Because mm. I think it's, like, it, it's such a cynical town right now where it's like they're only going to say bad things about this, leading like all the way until they win. Like There would be no positivity surrounding the team. Well, that's the thing. There's no reason to expect the Bears are going to go on some kind of big winning streak here to close things out. The reason I was asking Glover Quinn about that aspect of the Lions earlier, it was because – there wasn't a lot of reason still around this time last year. And frankly, I'd say around midseason. We're beyond midseason at this point. But midseason last year, there wasn't a lot of reason to expect the Lions were going to go on some big win streak to close out the season last year either. So I'm just trying to operate in that frame and wanted to get Glover Quinn's perspective on what were things like for Dan Campbell in Detroit around midseason last year? How much has it changed? And, you know, Glover Quinn seemed to indicate that everybody was just all in on Dan Campbell and nobody had any issues with it, basically. But, you know, I don't know. I've, I've been – I was in Detroit with the Lions for a couple of years. That is a tough sports town with big expectations and a hopeful fan base, very similar to here in Chicago. Um, so, I, you know, it it would seem odd to me that no one had any, any real Dan Campbell concerns yet. around. I know, I know nationally there were plenty of them with some of the decisions that were being made in-game by himself, by his coordinators. But Detroit did go on a run to close out the season last year beyond the expectations of what any of us on the outside of things had there. And we are seeing the Bears improve. So I, that, that's why I'm curious about that and where when I term Detroit as being the team the Bears want to be when they grow up, Part of it is because we've heard the Bears reference the start that the Lions had last season and the finish that the Lions had last season. And you can never rule these things out, man. Look at where Minnesota is at right now. Look at where Green Bay is at right now. And it's only two games better than the Bears, but the perception of how those franchises are operating right now that would both, if I'm not mistaken, be in the playoffs right now. How wide a gap do we really feel like there is between the Vikings and the Bears, between the Packers and the Bears? Now, based off week one, felt like a sizable gap but the season that both those teams have put together the results are not uh, are basically marginally better than the bears results up to this point Man, so wouldn't I'm you say those are but wouldn't you say those are like mid, middle of the road teams though yes okay okay so we're yes we're definitely saying, middle how, of the road how far teams. are we from a middle of the road or bears from a middle of the road how team? far are we from a strong finish building towards something like detroit did last year because last year detroit was a middle-of-the-road team through midseason, mm, and then they finished really strong. So that that's more my point. The Bears looking like a middle-of-the-road team that's building, that's growing, because I do think there's evidence the Bears are improving under Matt Eberflus. They're beginning to ascend. So, I mean, you know, it, 
they haven't shown enough for us to just expect, certainly not assume that the last five games are going to have a bunch of wins in them here. But last eight games, four and four, the majority of these games, I mean, just, just think of every game, Denver on, the one game the Bears truly weren't in was against the L.A. Chargers. Every other game, Denver until now, aside from the Chargers, the Bears went into that locker room after the game thinking, man, we should have won that game. And the film says for large stretches of all those games, aside from the Chargers, that the Bears outplayed their opponent, both with Justin Fields and with Tyson Bajant at quarterback. The defense is improving. There's a lot that, that I think would indicate improvement from the Bears here. So if there was a strong finish kind of to the point you were making a moment ago, what would the fan base feel like going into the offseason? I still think that there's a chance that story gets written in a way where people are so fickle based off wins and losses. That's where in 2018 where I was kind of a man on an island like, yeah, this is fun. They won the division. But, man, Matt Nagy's got to get better by next year. The league's going to figure this thing out. The league figured that thing out in 2019 and beyond. So I, I try to view all this with, with a degree of context and, and willing to say it is a team that's getting better. If there are some wins down the stretch, sort of the fickle nature of the reaction we were talking about a moment ago, where you know people tend to be results-based. If the Bears can put some wins together here down the stretch, I do think there can be a saving grace that Kevin Warren, that Ryan Poles would hang on to and say, yeah, man, all right, let, let's run this thing back. I'm not even saying that that would be – the correct choice definitively, but winning games can cure a whole lot of the concerns that people feel like they have about things. That is without question. I will talk more Bears in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, we got Josh Nelson joining us at 8 to talk a little bit of uh, hot stove baseball. Sox just signed themselves a brand-new pitcher. So we'll talk to Josh Nelson from Sox Machine at 8 o'clock. Uh, but after the break, and I want you to tell me who's going to win the Heisman. Four people okay. have been invited now, I'm a Heisman voter, full disclosure. So I, I put my votes in yesterday before 5 Eastern. So, I, you know, I'm not allowed to say it, but I can definitely I, – I can I can lay things out for you from a Heisman perspective okay. just in evaluating the finalists. I'll be tricky with my questions. We'll do that next. It's Gabe Ramirez <laughs> and Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Four young men, or damn, no, they're old, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things a little different in college football four, these days in that COVID season. Four college players <laughs> are going to be uh, invited to the ceremony, the Heisman ceremony, but only one to walk away with the, with the hardware. You got uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., Michael Penix, Bo Nix, and who's the fourth one? Jaden Daniels. Yep. They might be all juniors. I don't know. Not, not everybody who is a junior used the junior, but yeah, you have Michael Penny's junior, Marvin Harrison Jr. Jr., <laughs> Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, all playmakers, a couple of guys on the left coast. Good to see that. And the, the transfer portal is an interesting part of it as well because Marvin Harrison is the only one who's played his full career at one institution. Bo Nix was at Auburn for like eight years, and now he's been at Oregon the last couple of years. Michael Penix was lighting up the Big Ten with Indiana, with the Hoosiers, for quite a while, and he battled a bunch of injuries. Now he's been in Seattle with the Huskies for a couple of years now. I called Jaden Daniels games uh, back when he was at Arizona State early in his career, and then everything fell apart with Herm Edwards, and so now he's been with the Bayou Bengals the last couple of years there at LSU. So it is unique, just the age of all these guys in general, because of the COVID year, aside from Marvin Harrison Jr., he's the only one who's three years, and then he'll very likely be 
in the NFL in the months to come. And a lot of Chicago Bears fans and faithful are very hopeful he's going to end up with the Bears with those multiple top five picks as it sits right now. Uh, but the rest of the guys are, are five and six years into this thing and, you know, got 401Ks and AARP cards <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. That's and they'll, <laughs> they'll all be in the league uh, coming up soon as well. All right. So, I mean, obviously I don't want you to, you know, talk about, you know, your pick that you get to make um, or have made, I should say. Uh, but I do want to talk about maybe like maybe the the qualifiers uh-huh. in your mind when when looking at these four guys. So when I look at the the highs, and I've been able to vote for a few years at this point, and I try to, especially just for me, not only as somebody who covers the sport on television and radio, but who played defensive line, and I try to have an appreciation. And it's one thing where you don't necessarily see D linemen calling the calling games in the booth as the analyst that often. So I do try to bring my different perspective to it. There's a reason quarterbacks are usually the ones who call the game because they're accustomed to seeing all 22 bodies on the field, looking at the big picture, being able to communicate and break things down in that way. But I do try to bring more of a perspective of, of trying to appreciate and recognize the sport beyond the quarterback position because the Heisman – has turned into such a QB-specific award. And frankly, the QB, usually the QB on one of the best couple of teams in America is normally who wins it almost on an annual basis now. So I certainly try to keep those other elements in mind. Who has been exceptional? Who has helped lead their team to a bunch of wins? But not necessarily just year in and year out saying that it's got to be a guy on an undefeated team or on a one-loss team that's getting this done while at the same time recognizing and appreciating the level of excellence that it does take to play quarterback at a really high level and to be a guy who is leading your team to those types of seasons. And then you have, you know, Bo Nix, who his only losses this season were to what's now the number two team in the country. One of those was on the road in Seattle. But he's been, from a passing perspective, the most accurate and efficient passer in the country throughout the season for the Oregon Ducks. Michael Penix Jr., the undefeated team in Seattle, the Washington Huskies, both these squads, both Oregon and Washington, will be joining the Big Ten next season. But Michael Penix has that smooth left-handed delivery. He's kind of the big play guy. He's the big game hunter. They got some great weapons that play alongside him in Seattle with Washington, multiple receivers that will be in the NFL very likely next season. But he is not afraid to throw the deep ball. And it's not even that he has a huge arm, but he does look for those chunk plays. And it's a part of why his completion percentage doesn't necessarily rival Bo Nix's because Bo Nix is a guy who the offense for Oregon has a lot more screen game and quick passes, slant routes, bubble screens, those types of things. But for Michael Penix, he's looking to throw the ball deep, and he does so really effectively for Washington. His production did dip a bit late in the season for some of those games in November. But when it was time to show back up in the Pac-12 championship game, he did so, and he did outduel Bo Nix, I would say, in that game in particular. But a big part of that was also led by Washington's run game with Dylan Johnson. Byron Harrison Jr., the player currently in the Big Ten, representing the Ohio State University, he's been the focal point for every defense really for the last two years. With as many talented receivers as Ohio State has had over the last few years since Ryan Day took things over, Ohio State's always had really good receiver talent, but now it's turned into wide receiver U over the last handful of years here, just with all the first-round talent they've had lining up on the outside. And, of course, Marvin Harrison Sr. in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, he's 
been able to infuse his son with the same appreciation for route running, the same confidence in his hands, the same, in some ways, quiet demeanor as well. His son just happens to be like a half foot taller. So just picture of Marvin Harrison <laughs> yeah. Sr., all those passes he caught from Peyton Manning, all the touchdowns and Super Bowl he won and all those things. If he was 6'4", as opposed to like 5'10", or 5'11", how great would he have been? We're going to have the opportunity to watch that play out with his son because Marvin Harrison Jr. gets everyone's attention, gets double teamed on a consistent basis, has all these circus and contested grabs and everything else. Quarterback playing Columbus wasn't as good this season as what we've come accustomed to seeing it. But, man, has he been fun to watch. But he's not one of these receivers that's making the, the Heisman Finals while he's also like a punt returner and a kick returner and a big part of the rushing game for Ohio State as well. So there weren't as many opportunities for him to have a volume of touches like some of these other playmakers we've seen in years past. And then Jaden Daniels, a guy who kind of burst onto the scene early in his Arizona State career as a true freshman and, you know, had like a dramatic comeback win, late drive against Michigan State his true freshman year, had a few big passing games as well. He was a guy who showed a maturity that was beyond his years early in his time in Tempe. And I remember as I called some of his games early in his career for the Pac-12 Network and just Herm Edwards having to sort of, you know, me and my broadcast partner, Roxy Bernstein, kind of, you know, calm us down a little bit and let us know, like, he ain't the savior now. You know, like just because we were talking in such big, bold terms about what the future for Jaden Daniels looked like it could become, especially with where that program at ASU was at the time. And now we're kind of seeing the fully matured, fully realized version of Jaden Daniels as a passer, as a decision maker, as a runner, as a just a decisive athlete and everything he carried for LSU. I mean, in the games they lost this season, three losses, and we've certainly seen three loss Heisman winners before with RG3 and, and Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow. It's happened, but it's, it's more of a rarity, it feels like, now than in the past. But week in, week out, he brought it and the statistics have been eye-popping for him all year. He's Anthony Heron. I'm Gabe Ramirez, and I know him very well, and I already know who he voted for. I'm going to tell I'm going to text you. I'm going to text you because I, yeah, I just want to see how good I am at this stuff. All right. Uh, we're going to change uh, change lanes, and we're going to talk some baseball. At the top of the hour, Josh Nelson, host of Sox Machine Podcast, is going to ke- come hang out with us and tell us who is the newest pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. You'll find out that information after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Anthony Heron. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.